It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. From San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik, this is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. To subscribe to Locked On Giants Baseball, you can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Giants Baseball. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Coming up on today's show, we are going to discuss the game notes from last night's 9-2 loss to the Atlanta Braves. We're going to talk about Jeff Samarja and the fact that he gave up six runs, none of which were earned. So we're going to go on a little bit of a rant about a couple of rules in MLB that I think are a little bit ridiculous. We're going to talk about Tyler Austin, who hit a big opposite field home run at Oracle Park, which is very impressive. And we'll discuss the upcoming important start by Madison Bumgarner today. But first, their record with the loss, the Giants fell to 21-27. and Dodgers lost, so they are... Still 10 games back in the National League West, and they remain in last place. The Giants have an ugly minus 51 run differential that has an expected win-loss record of 19 and 29. So that minus 51 run differential is second worst in the National League ahead of only the terrible Miami Marlins, who have won five games in a row, by the way. A theme that has emerged lately is when the Giants are winning, it's been one-run games, and when they've been losing, it's been games like last night that were 9-2. to It's worth noting that the Braves had a lefty on the mound in Max Freed who pitched very well, throwing high 90s with a fastball. I did not know he threw that hard, but the Giants have a totally different lineup versus lefties and versus righties, which is a step in the right direction. Now, it's one thing to be like... 
to have a good lineup versus lefties and then a good separate lineup versus righties. I wouldn't say that the Giants have either of those things, but they do have different lineups. So at least they're moving in the right direction and and they do have some guys who fit that mold. For example, Tyler Austin was batting second and at first base last night and I thought that was a good place for him and good to see him in there against a lefty because all he's done in his career is crush left-handed pitching. Donovan Solano drew a start at second base and let off. He went 0 for 4. Longoria was back in there against a lefty with Sandoval back on the bench. Posey was in there, no vote. No vote in left field. It was Williamson. And then your two defensive stalwarts in Duggar and Crawford, even though they're left-handed, they're going to be in there every day because of the defensive value that they bring. But anyway, the main storyline from this game had to do with Jeff Samarja making the start and allowing six unearned runs. So in the top of the second, Ozzie Albies hit a comebacker to Samarja with a runner on first and one out. So really, it could have been a double play where if you just lead the guy covering the bag at second, you get the out there and then you throw to first and get the double play, which would have ended the inning. But the Giants were in a shift with Evan Longoria playing the quote-unquote normal shortstop position, and Brandon Crawford was shaded more up the middle on the second base side of the base. And so Samarja kind of threw between them, and both of them hesitated when they kind of looked at each other, and they didn't know who was supposed to cover the bag, essentially, which is something you're supposed to have established before the at-bat and before the pitch. So that's really not Samarja's fault. It wasn't the greatest throw I've ever seen, but it wouldn't have mattered because Crawford and Longoria hesitated. So that is, they ruled it an error on Samarja, which I don't quite understand how you can do that. I guess it's hard to give it to the other guys because Samarja actually made the throw. But to me, you know, that's their fault, whoever was supposed to cover the base. Right after that, the Braves just pounced on that opportunity. There was a strikeout of Ronald Acuna with two outs in that inning, but the ball got past Buster Posey. So it should have been strike three, should have ended the inning, but there was a runner on third. So the runner on third came in to score. They had no chance to get Acuna at first. And then the next batter hit a three-run homer, and then the batter after that hit another homer. So All of a sudden, what should have been a scoreless inning turned into a six-run inning just like that. And so the point I want to make there is that I think that A, the rule that lets batters run to first base after a dropped third strike makes no sense at all. We're essentially choosing to reward the batter for swinging at an especially bad pitch that couldn't even be handled by the catcher. I just think if you're a batter and you swing at a pitch that's so a ball that the catcher can't even handle it, then you do not deserve to get rewarded with the opportunity to run to first base. It would be simple to just eliminate that rule altogether. The other silly rule is that none of those runs count against Jeff Samarja's ERA. I do understand that he would have been out of the inning if not for the error, but at the same time, he allowed two home runs, and so we're just going to pretend like those two home runs didn't happen. To me, allowing two homers says something about your talent level, and therefore... It absolutely should be counted, but it just made the gap between Samarja's ERA and peripheral numbers even wider than it was before. It was already like ridiculously wide and we could see huge regression coming, but now it's even more silly. Somehow he allowed these six runs and lowered his ERA to 3.27 on the season, which is really good, but he has a 509 fielding independent pitching and a 531 expected fielding independent pitching. So that is a huge gap between those two numbers and my comment there is it's hard to see that and not expect major regression coming and then my other point is that we kind of did see the major regression last night but it doesn't count so if those runs did count you would see that era starting to match those peripheral numbers but because we're just going to pretend like they don't count we have yet to see the era match up with those numbers but it's hard to run from these numbers for a long time so 
Moving forward, I, I would expect a dramatic decline from that 3.27 ERA for the rest of the season from Samarja. And yes, I just looked it up and nobody has a bigger difference between the ERA and the fielding independent pitching in the negative direction than Jeff Samarja at 1.82. That is the largest gap between an ERA and a fielding independent pitching in baseball. And he's actually a guy who's historically underperformed his peripherals. He's always had a higher ERA than his fielding independent pitching historically in his career. And according to Baseball Savant, which uses exit velocities and launch angles to kind of predict outcomes for you, uh, he has a 334 expected weighted on base average against him, but he only has an actual weighted on base average against him of 300. So he's overperforming by 34 points there. And that pretty much explains the luck in terms of ERA. Remember to subscribe to Locked On Giants Baseball. You can find us on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya, in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya on your app store and subscribe to Locked On Giants Baseball. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to continue to discuss some of the game notes, some positives to talk about in the second half, Tyler Austin being one of them. We're going to talk about Ronald Acuna and his defense, and we're going to discuss Mac Williamson and previewing what I think is a really important start for Bumgarner against the Braves tonight. So that's all coming up next, but first... We talk about baseball performance all the time on this show, but what about performance in the bedroom? That's right bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue blue chew is the first chewable with the same active fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know that they work they can be taken anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises Yes, I actually know someone who has tried this product and they have extremely positive things to report about its effectiveness. The best part about Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no more visit to the doctor's office, waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness around this topic. Blue Chew is made in the United States and prepares and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit www.bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it. It's free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, so as promised, we're going to continue to talk about the game notes from last night's tough 9-2 loss to the Atlanta Braves. The Giants once again made a bad out on the bases, and if you listen to the show, you know I'm totally an advocate for trying to score whenever possible, like tagging up on a shallow fly ball with one out. I'm a huge fan of doing that, but 
getting thrown out at second base trying for a double when you're down six nothing that is not something that i'm going to be a fan of and that's what happened to posey he hit a shot down the right field line hit off the wall got thrown out trying to stretch it into a double still he's had he's still remaining he's continuing to take much better at bats than what we've seen last year so hopefully the numbers start to back that up. But as of yet, he hasn't really put it all together in terms of seeing those nice numbers in terms of on-base slugging, etc. So in the bottom of the sixth, Tyler Austin hit a opposite field home run to right field at Oracle Park, which you rarely see from right-handed hitters. But he is, of course, massively strong and was able to do so. So before the game, I was actually talking with someone on Twitter who was trying to tell me that Tyler Austin was terrible And I said, well, actually, he's quite good in a platoon. At least he has been historically. And this game was vindicating for that. Although, again, we should never read into a one-game sample. It was just more of the same from Tyler Austin. He, He also walked in this game. But against lefties in his young career, he's batted just 183 times against them, but now has a 287 average, a 366 on base percentage, and a 592 slugging percentage. So that's a 306 isolated power, which is slugging percentage minus batting average, which is a really good indicator of power. So all told, that is production that's over 50% better than the league average as a whole, not just league average against left-handed pitching, but average offensive production he's been 50 percent better than that against left-handed pitchers he does strike out quite a bit against them and it is a limited sample of only 183 trips to the plate but very intriguing he's never been anything close to below average or even average against lefties he's always destroyed them across multiple seasons in limited samples not so good against righties based on again a small sample but against righties he's been about 30% below average and striking out 40% of the time versus only like 33% against lefties, which is still high, but it's not 40%. So I continue to like whenever there's a lefty on the mound, put Tyler Austin in there and he represents a real threat against them. Ronald Acuna Jr. made like two incredible catches in center field and he's done that all series long. It's unbelievable how he has hurt the Giants with his defense. So to me, the note here is about the Atlanta Braves as a whole. They are just brimming with young talent. And to me, they are what Giants fans should hope the Giants become in in about three years' time. Just overflowing with young talent accumulated via trade or the draft or however international signings. When you have 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds coming up with Acuna and Albies and Freed and Soroka, like these... and. Don't forget about Austin Riley, who's also hurt the Giants in this series. That is how you rebuild a roster. It's not by plugging in 35-year-old veterans like some of the writing has been about the Giants this season, thinking that like Adam Jones and Freddie Galvis would have saved their season. No, they need to become like the 2019 Braves in a few years, not just continuing to plug and play with old veterans. Last point about this game is Mac Williamson. We haven't talked about him much on the show but he's just continued to really struggle at the plate ever since that good first game in Colorado he's hitting 143 with a 234 on base and a 238 slugging so those are obviously really bad offensive numbers he's had 47 plate appearances one of my points that just has to be made is imagine if this was Connor Joe or Michael Reed getting this kind of extended look the fans and some of the analysts would be saying that Zaidi is incompetent for having this type of guy on the roster But when it's a guy Giants fans are familiar with in Williamson, it's a different story. So that's clearly a bias, and it it just once again speaks to the fact that A, we couldn't read into that one first game that he had in Coors Field, by the way, 
And B, minor league numbers do not always translate to the major leagues. And C, at what point is this experiment going to run its course? I think it's still a small sample. I mean, only 47 plate appearances. He might, you know, you might give him another 50 or so to, to hope he gets to figure it out. But the the leash is shortening. He's They're not just going to continue to run him out there if this continues to be the quality of at-bats that we're seeing. They're just not, at this point in time, very quality at-bats. He continues to hit way too many ground balls. He hits 3.33 ground balls for every fly ball. So that's like a 62.5% ground ball rate, which is the sixth highest in MLB if you set the minimum to 40 plate appearances. It's also the sixth highest ground ball to fly ball ratio. Honestly, in left field, and I, I hate to like just write Mac off, but in left field, I think a vote and Tyler Austin platoon might make a lot of sense. You're going to give up some defense. Yes, but I thought vote looked okay out there. I haven't seen enough of Tyler Austin. I know he clanked a play early in the year, but I'm willing to give him another chance. But vote, if even if it's vote in Williamson, because we did see vote against a righty the other night. So we'll we'll look out to see if vote is in there today against the right-handed pitcher Gosman for the Braves. On the mound for the Giants will be Madison Bumgarner, and I think this is a big start for him because the Braves are probably the most logical fit for him. I also think they're definitely a fit for Will Smith. They have had massive trouble with their bullpen, especially in the late innings. And we saw it two nights ago when the Giants came back and scored three in the ninth to beat them. There's definitely a case to be made that they would be interested in a package of Will Smith and Madison Bumgarner. Although something I haven't mentioned before is that Craig Kimbrell is still out there and a free agent. And so I do think that it's possible that the Giants won't be able to get enough leverage in a Will Smith trade until after Craig Kimbrell comes off the board. And he's likely going to sign after the upcoming MLB draft, which is in less than two weeks, because finally that draft pick compensation will come off of him. So whoever signs him doesn't lose a draft pick. But still, Madison Bumgarner, his ERA is higher than his peripheral, so we should expect improved run prevention from him moving forward he has looked much improved on the season over where he was the last couple of years so if he can have a dominant outing against the Braves it would do it it would do wonders to boost his trade value here with the trade deadline about two months away remember to subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball you can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and Spotify you can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Giants Baseball. This is a daily show with episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. I hope that you do. If you like this show, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to listen and subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow to discuss this Thursday day game against the Braves. And until then, we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.